so long I can sing these songs in my sleep. Boy, shut up and sit down. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Christ, for the culture, back at it again, Dez Ingram, Chris Gill, Chris, what's going on with you, man? That's it, that's it, man. Just trying to, just trying to show some love, man. You know what I'm saying? This week, man, uh, my man's Chris Gill, obviously back at it. So, you know, whenever we got Chris Gill in the building, it's always going to be a, a blessed time, brother. Always going to be a blessed time. I'm just glad you finally decided to walk in your calling, you know, because the Bible talks about false humility. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to accept your role as the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no right. GOATs. We, we, you know, I, I talked to the GOAT earlier today. That's uh, oh. Pastor Mike Holloway, man. That's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's enough. I talked to him the other day, so praise praise God for that, man. Uh, but once again, Christ for the culture, where Christ is the king, no matter the time or the culture. Uh, and today, uh, we're going to do something, starting to do something different, um, dealing with the book of Matthew or the gospel of Matthew, um, and just dealing with it uh, verse by verse, exegetical teaching. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to last for a couple of weeks, maybe months. Which is fine. We ain't in no rush. But I just think it's a uh, it's an important time as the body of Christ to actually um, teach the Bible and actually see what the Bible says in its culture and its time and its context. And I just think that's real important, man. Uh, Chris, what what about you? What's your thoughts on that, man? So yeah, I think um, I'm right in line with you when you uh, presented the idea of going through it this way. Uh, I was like completely on board um, because you know the reasoning was. It's just that a lot of people don't don't really know the scriptures like they don't really and they have a hard time reading. Look, I, I found this on social media uh, a couple of days ago. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a little funny little post going around, but I, I found it relevant. It said uh, the brother said, I thought reading the Bible would be easy on my own. He said, y'all, I opened it, read a chapter and closed it. God, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so I think I'm like, this is actually perfect because a lot of times people go through this very situation. Uh, you're reading through the Bible and you just don't really know where to start. You don't understand what it's saying, what it's communicating. And there's a reason for that partially because, you know, we number one, we haven't been taught the Bible accurately. And number two, you know, it's just knowing how to read the Bible, knowing the interpretive challenges, uh, the the settings, the culture, the you know the reason for what was written, and so like that's a hindrance. I know it talks about how you know what I'm saying spiritual things are spiritually appraised, mm. but that don't mean it's some sort of esoteric meaning, like some sort of mystical feeling that you got to have in order to read the scriptures. I think that what's meant by that is you know what I'm saying when you the Bible is clear. Like when you humble yourself, mm. then you know I'm saying the Lord will exalt you or, you know what I'm saying? He'll open up your understanding to all things. And I think that when we, it, 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 it's still no different than reading how you would read a, you know what I'm saying? Some, uh, another piece of literature, you know what I'm saying? You got to understand the context, yeah. uh, the, what, what the message that the author is trying to convey to you. And then that's how you understand the text, who, what, when, where, and why. And so I think it's the same thing. Absolutely. Shout out to uh, Orthodox more, man. It's good seeing you, brother. Uh, I love I love your work, man. Uh, always fair and balanced of what you do, bro. Appreciate you, man. Peace and blessings. Um, yeah, Chris, I, I agree with you, man. I think that uh, a lot of times people are trying to um, figure out what scripture says. And I think the worst thing we do sometimes as Christians, uh, we just like, uh, you know, we don't we don't go through the scriptures with them. Right. And uh and, you know, that's why we get, you know, faulty interpretations and stuff like that. Now, obviously, you know, dealing with scripture, you're going to have those those gray area situations. Right. Uh, sure. I think we might even, uh, you know, we may even go through that while we're doing this. You see what I'm saying? But at the yeah. end of the day, um, I think with those clear and concise things, um, you you have to you have to have somebody there with you to to, to do this with. 
um, but also uh, people who, you know, who, who know the scriptures, man. I ain't saying I know everything, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, you know, Chris Gill ain't saying he know everything. But, um, you know, having a clear understanding of the culture, the background, I think gives a clear, concise um, representation of the scriptures. So, yeah. And I, I think the point is, like, we, you know, you don't have to be like a theologian to understand the Bible. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be like understand the deep truths of the scriptures. It's just like, you know, God has called the, uh, you know what I'm saying, the the foolish things to confound the wise, but he also has called, you know what I'm saying, called the the least of the, you know what I'm saying, what the, what the people would be considered the least. Like he called them to understand his word and his truth too. So like, I don't want people to think that the Bible is not for them. That's absolutely not true. Yeah, absolutely. And I think dealing with a little bit of the um, genealogy today, kind of, and like I said, we're not going to go through the whole genealogy, but some key points of it, um, you you begin to see how, you know, it's just not for Israel, but you see the, the nations as well. It was always God's intent and purpose, um, how he used that and how we see now with the gospel um, being, being, uh, used, yeah. uh, as a vehicle for all nations. Right. So, so Chris, man, I know, uh, I'll let you open up, man. So, so what we, what we dealing with, man, what we dealing with, uh, uh, obviously we, we topping it off with the, uh, with the first gospel in the, uh, in the Bible, uh, the gospel of Matthew, um, just going to be looking at it. I mean, like we said, part of, understanding the text is understanding who you know what i'm saying who you know what i'm saying wrote it what it was written for um you know what i'm saying and just why it's considered scripture so we're just gonna kind of walk through a few of those things today uh starting off with matthew i mean matthew was uh you know what i'm saying an apostle he was called to be an apostle by jesus christ which he actually reveals in his uh, in his own gospel, this gospel that we get ready to uh, uh, dive into, um, he was also known as Levi, uh, which Mark and uh, Luke uh, note. Uh, the Bible also reveals to us about Matthew that he was a, a former tax collector before Jesus uh, mm -hmm. called him. Um, tax collectors were people who <laughs> essentially they were considered traitors. To their own mm. people tax collectors were uh the jews who you know what i'm saying uh, the romans employed in order to collect money from other jews basically taxing them on you know what i'm saying you you know how we feel about the tax man you know and, oh, and, and that's what that's facts. what the tax collectors were you know what i'm saying they were just and basically they they made a wealthy living off of just basically getting over on their own people and you know, yeah and this all happened because you know the setting is we coming out of uh, the Babylonian, uh, the Babylonian exile. They're coming back, and uh, and so they, you know, we're, they're under Roman rule. Yeah. So, but they, you know, the Jewish nation is still, you know, what I'm saying, operating as their own nation, even though they're under Roman rule. So uh, that's why the tax collectors were employed by the Romans. And so Matthew was one of those guys. Matthew was one of those people who basically essentially was defrauding uh his own people uh the bible mentions tax collectors like you know they, they weren't good people Facts. so much so to the point where they were mentioned with sinners like oftentimes the statement is put together and tax collectors and sinners you know so that's i'll go ahead bro no i'm sorry go ahead no no that's you know that's pretty much what i was gonna you know say but like i said then he was Matthew was called by Jesus to be an apostle. And from that point on, you know what I'm saying? He walked with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I think that's important. Um, dealing with any scripture uh, or any book of the Bible, uh, whether it's, you know, old or new, dealing with the canon, you know, why should it be considered canon, right? And what's the measurements of that? Mm -hmm. well, you know, and I, and I think uh, Matthew's gospel especially and uh you know and that goes that goes into uh in grace and peace to d new uh she did, she was out there with us a couple weeks ago did an awesome job um just a great sister in the lord um it so it kind of goes back to matthew's purpose mm -hmm. and his audience too um you know matthew's gospel pretty much 
uh, is used as as an apologetic, right, to convince non-Jewish Christians, okay, uh, of the gospel and that Jesus is the Messiah of, uh, of Israel, the long-awaited Messiah that we've been reading uh, in the Old Testament, uh, but that not just the Messiah of Israel, but for the whole entire world. So Matthew's gospel is being used as an apologetic work, yeah. right? Um, but I think something that we can miss at times, Matthew's gospel is to give the early church, right, which is mostly made up of Jews, the early church uh, to continue to go, to continue to go because they're being opposed. They're being opposed by so many people. They're being opposed by Jewish leaders and Jewish thought. Um, and many Jews, many, many Jews uh, condemned Christians. You know, Jewish Christians, they live, they, they leave Judaism to come into Christ, right? To, to come into the church. They looked at them as apostates. So it's just this, this thing where Matthew is highlighting. That's where you when you read Matthew, he says certain things, it's highlighting you no know, to, to Israel. Jesus is truly the Messiah. Mm -hmm. He's the true Messiah of yeah. not just Israel, but the whole entire world. That because that's why, and we'll get into it in a second. When you read uh, the genealogy of Jesus. He incorporates what Gentiles there too. So you have this whole thing of Israelites and Gentiles, but Matthew wants to make it known that no, Jesus Christ is the long awaited Messiah, uh, but also an encouragement to, to the Christians to keep on going, man, in the midst of uh, persecution and opposition. For sure. I think that, like you said, the overarching theme of the, the uh, account of Matthew is to, you know what I'm saying? Convince the Jews that the one that you've been waiting for, the one that everybody knew about, the one that everybody heard was coming, the one that was prophesied from Adam to Abraham to, you know, to the Davidic king, mm -hmm. this is the one. And, you know, when we get into that genealogy, it's going to kind of point to, like, why he's the rightful one mm -hmm. to walk in that, like, it, it, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, he's the one that fulfills the uh, the prophecy of the one to come uh, to the Jews. Um, it, it was mad important to them. Um, it was mad important, to, I feel like, to Matthew to emphasize the fact that he was the king. Mm -hmm. um, and then his book, his book also uh, is considered the one of the synoptic gospels, meaning that they... Absolutely see together with the uh with the other gospels with uh luke and mark Absolutely. essentially saying like they basically have much of the same points of views yep um which is interesting because that leads people to go to the aha see he's he's copying off of this person or this person <laughs> copying off of this person yeah and then on the flip side of that is well they love to point out some discrepancies in the accounts and it's like well so which one is it <laughs> like did they are they copying off each other or is it just that they are recalling it from their point of view you know what i'm saying yeah. because a lot of the discrepancies have you know what i'm saying reconcilable uh reason and so yeah, yeah that's what, matthew's part of that but at the same time like i said matthew gives his own interesting take like i said his aim was to write to the jews like hey listen this is the messiah Absolutely. Um, Luke's Luke's seem to be like, oh, we writing to the Gentiles. Yeah. Mark kind of moved swiftly along. Like he just was telling you the story. Like he had no you know what I mean? yeah, like, like he's a righteous, like he's a righteous servant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think and I think you know, um, when Matthew writes this, a lot of scholars believe that uh the temple may have just been destroyed just recently, not too long ago. Um, but then also Mark's gospel is in circulation at that time as well. So you get the stealing stuff. You know, I heard someone tell me years ago, man, um, if everything said the same exact thing, right. uh, you should question it as a lie. That would be collusion. Right. Um, but you see different details uh, in, in the gospels. So, you know, that that just shows you, you know, you can um, exit out this whole conspiracy of, you know, some stealing or we can't trust it. Right. right. Um, but I, I like also with with Matthew's gospel, um, it's something like in Matthew chapter five, verses uh, 17 through 20. Mm -hmm. And we're obviously in a couple of weeks, we'll get there. But the charges amongst Christians and you still see it today 
is that Christians are lawless, right? Mm -hmm. And how Christians view the law. Matthew's response to that is to show and highlight like, no, the law is good. The law is good and holy, but it's Christ who fulfills the law. He brings fulfillment. So the Messiah that's been talked about, uh, you know, with, with the prophets of old, with the Torah, with the Tanakh, he's the one who fulfills the law. Right. And yeah. so this is one of the things that, you know, Matthew, once again, it's it's an apologetic. It's, it's an apologetic towards the Jews to convince them Jesus Christ is truly the Messiah. No, Christians do not believe in being lawless, but it's Christ who fulfills the law. And he's the Messiah that we should be looking upon. As Absolutely. Well. You you bring up uh, uh partially uh, uh uh something a segment that's in one of the uh first discourses. Uh Matthew also is uh, uh, uh an account that gives about five teachings uh in, in the gospel of Matthew. Um the first discourse was what you were just talking about, it includes that that passage. Um the this the when he was uh, the Sermon on the Mount discourse, yeah. and then you have another discourse in uh, in uh, Matthew chapter ten, where he's commissioning the twelve. Mm -hmm. The other discourse, uh, discourse in Matthew thirteen, where he's uh, giving out kingdom parables. Uh, the other discourse, Matthew uh, eighteen, basically teaching you how to have uh, childlike faith and forgiveness, just teaching on those things. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last discourse is basically the discourse where he's, you know, basically talking about the end times, the uh, discourse of Olivet. Um, oh, Olivet discourse, yeah. Yeah. Those And those things are interesting because it's like every time those discourses end, they end, Matthew ends it with the same statement. And, and when he had finished these sayings, and so he, and then it would transition into uh, the rest of the account or the rest of the story that Matthew wants to convey from that point forward uh one of the i guess we'll get into that in the next uh segment of it but but just talking about the uh the canonicity of the scriptures oh yeah absolutely real quick man uh shout out to uh my man's nate in the building man we got everybody in the building y'all be showing love to us man we got dino in the building uh like i said orthodox more in the building uh who else wash my man's washing the building as well man got got some family in the building now for sure go ahead chris just want to shout yeah. everybody out real quick and then just another another interesting fact that about the back the book of matthew is you know what i'm saying he's basically the only person in scripture like i looked through i looked through you know what i'm saying just typing in key phrases who uses this phrase the kingdom of heaven you know mm -hmm. and so using that phrase like that's again emphasizing his point in proving that jesus was the king of the Jews, and basically his kingdom was a heavenly kingdom. Yeah. Uh, that's what Jesus was trying to bring to earth and, you know what I'm saying, expose to the people, letting them know he's the king of the Jews. Absolutely, Um, which goes to another point as well, where we see how Matthew uh, portrays, and not I hate using the word portray because it's true, but Jesus is a new Moses and a greater Moses mm -hmm. as well. You know, mm -hmm. Moses is used by 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 Yahweh to deliver uh, the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage. But the new Moses, the one who's greater, what does he do? He leads he leads his people out of bondage, out of sin, right, to deliver them, to be their deliverer, right? Uh, but also, and this is where like stuff like the Sermon on the Mount comes in. Uh, but you know, we we see how Moses, the Lord uses Moses to give the law, right? Um, but also we see how Jesus, how he brings in and he establishes his his own law. Right. And so Jesus is the greater Moses. He's the new Moses who who does a, a greater deliverance, uh, which is uh, a spiritual one as well. So uh, Matthew's gospel, man, it's uh, it's pretty dope. And I would I would, uh, you know, tell anybody really do a deep dive into it. You know, we're going to get into it. But uh, I would say, man, with this little journey that we're on, take that time for yourself as well to get into it. Yeah, for sure. I think I like the uh, little statement I'm seeing from the YouTube commenter, Nate to two D two, gifts of God has arrived for sure. You know what I'm saying? God's King has arrived for sure. Oh well, see, see Nate, see he's so silly. He's talking about himself, but nevertheless, though, ah. nevertheless, though, oh, he, but nevertheless, Jesus <laughs> as well. 
as well. That's it's, hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so then we talking about a greater Nate, like we they, a greater. Come on, man, a greater Nate has arrived, man. Yeah. Praise God, man. Praise <laughs> God. Uh, so, anything else, Chris? You want to touch on before we get into uh, some of these, some of this genealogy, real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, definitely want to talk about the the canonicity or like why the book of Matthew, the, uh, the account of Matthew is considered scripture. Oh yeah, go ahead. Break that down. Um, really. For sure. I mean, I think that the first point is, you know what I'm saying? We don't just, we don't decide what's scripture and what's not, you know what I'm saying? People don't get to decide that. The early okay. church didn't decide that. No, the council of Nicaea didn't decide what was, what was the books that we were going to keep in the scriptures and what was not like, they don't get to determine what was actually scripture and what wasn't what you got there get this i keep showing this book every week but <laughs> get this book y'all don't don't let don't let people deceive y'all bro get get this book Go ahead. i'm sorry Continue. yeah 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 i think uh that's 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 a dope point i think that um the point is like books don't become scripture later on you know what i'm saying they're scripture as they're written uh to, to put it as the bible says in uh second peter Chapter one, verse 21, it says, for no prophecy of scripture ever came by the will of man, mm. but holy men spoke as they were born along or carried along by the spirit of God. In other words, you know what I'm saying? As they were, as they were writing, you know what I'm saying? God was inspiring them on what to write. So at that point, at that very point, it's become scripture. It's, it doesn't become scripture later on at some other time. And I think that that's important to note because while the councils did get together and and over time, like this is, you know, what scripture has been debated before the Council of Nicaea mm -hmm. and after, like this is, this, this is an ongoing conversation. Like they've always had the conversation about whether something should be canon or not. Yeah. And um, you know what I'm saying Matthew, the book of Matthew was no different. Uh, but all they did was, like I said, all they did was just acknowledged what was scripture and uh, what what god had already considered scripture and what wasn't because i gotta take a quote from uh the, the theologian jl packer oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> like the church no more gave us the canon than isaac newton gave us the law of gravity just affirmed it man yeah, just, yeah, affirmed yeah. It. just affirmed it there you go. That's, that's the best way of putting it. Like we only affirm, we don't determine. And so, uh, looking yeah. at that, um, they basically the early church had a, a criteria for determining or for affirming what was scripture or what wasn't. Um, Absolutely. One of one of them was, you know, what I'm saying the the writings had to be directly connected to an apostle. Yep. Or to you know, what I'm saying or. Or to somebody connected to an apostle. Um, yep. And the point being is that, uh, you know, what I'm saying the apostles were eyewitnesses of the resurrected Christ. They saw the risen Lord. So obviously their testimony and they they walked with him. So they would be able to give an accurate account of what he actually did and said. Um, mm -hmm. Another criteria they used was, was the writing orthodox? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Was the writing uh, something that the early church agreed on, or yeah. you know what I'm saying, did it did it contradict Old Testament writings, or did it comp contradict apostolic teaching? If it mm. did any of those things, then it was not considered scripture. And for good reason, you know what I'm saying. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, why would you accept something as scripture that contradicts other scriptures? <laughs> Facts. Right. Facts. And then Facts. the other one, the, the writing had to be accepted by churches throughout, you know what I'm saying? It couldn't just be like, oh, this, we like this one. So this this one little church over here was like, oh yeah, this this gotta be scripture, so it's in here. Like, no, everybody had to agree that this met all the criteria to be scripture. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that they used to, uh, you know what I'm saying, dictate or not dictate. I wanna use correct wording when I say this, to acknowledge what scripture yeah. was and what wasn't. Yeah, and I think that's just, you know, with the measure, the rule, the canon, uh, you know, I, I think that just once again, when we're studying scripture, you know, when someone is trying to uh, say things, what the Bible says, what is what is whatever someone is saying, it has to line up 
with the orthodox teachings you know yeah. what has been uh delivered from you know genesis to revelation uh is this what the early church believed is this what uh israel as a nation you know is this what the what the leaders of israel acknowledge as well so mm-hmm. you know uh, if, if it's not doing that man whether it's uh people trying to use uh, certain books books lost books which uh-huh. they not really lost they're rejected for a reason right right um, or even uh, revelations or new teachings, it has to once again be lined up with the word of God mm-hmm. and what has already been revealed. So um, I, I, I agree with you 100 percent, my brother. Yeah. So and it's funny because a lot of the books that get rejected is simply date issues. Yeah. Uh, like if it was written in the third and fourth century, it's like, well, why do we trust this? This actually going back to the point of why I. Like why I, uh, you know what I'm saying, don't understand why people listen to the Quran when it comes to Jesus. Like the Quran, you know what I'm saying, Muhammad came along the fifth, sixth century. That's, yeah. that's 600 years after Jesus walked the earth. So yeah. he's going to tell you about who Jesus was, like what he did. And, you know, that makes no sense. Yeah. He has no connection to, you know what I'm saying, make that to, to be an authoritative figure on that, uh, on that uh, subject. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, I like what uh, Nate said. Um, it's it's not an, uh, it's not an author, uh, authoritative list, but a list of authoritative books, and uh, I, I I like that, man. I like that. So, uh, Nate, shout out to you, God's uh, what was it? Uh, what is it? What do you what do you say? Uh, yeah, sir. Yes, the greater Nate, the greater Nate, the greater Nate. <laughs> Uh, Orthodox more. Let's see. What is your take on the Ethiopian Bible? You know, I've just been studying uh, some stuff on that. I think Walsh has some good stuff on it as well. Um, I know it has some uh, books that, uh, you know, typically we would not consider it to be canon. Um, but, you know, I got to do some more study on that, man. That's uh, something I've been looking into. What about you, Chris? Ah, oh, man, I'm not even familiar with it. So I'm not even about to speak yeah. on it. Yeah, it's some stuff I've been... Uh, Looking into, I think Walsh brought it up on our last show. Uh, like I said, I know that they have some um, books that, you know, typically wouldn't consider canon. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Anything else, Chris, you want to you uh, dive into before we move on? No, nah, I mean, just, you know, obviously Matthew was uh, is, is not a disputed book. Like nobody considers Matthew a controversial or a non-scriptural book. Uh, even the early church fathers affirmed it that and that's pretty much it like it, it's it's canon so like it's it's testimony can be trusted yeah absolutely i totally agree i totally agree uh let's get into you want to get into uh chapter one real quick man a little bit of this genealogy a little bit of, let's do a little bit of the chapter one we can talk about the genealogy before we head on out tonight i think today is going to be like our shortest video concerning concerning this but i think it still be good though just a little intro introduction for sure everybody see my screen chris you see my screen pretty good i see it all right cool yeah it's coming up all right perfect 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 all right man um obviously with genealogies man we can get through this <laughs> we could talk about this whole thing yeah. uh naming names by name uh but we'll be here all night but i think it's important to highlight some of the important things regarding uh, this genealogy, uh, Chris, man, what were some things that point out to you? And matter of fact, Walsh, um, he pointed out something good. Um, and I'll talk about it in a second. It's, uh, it's verse one where it says the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Um, and I think Walsh pointed out where it talks about the son of Abraham. This is, you know, this, this goes back to Jesus, uh, not just reconciling Israel, but the whole entire world, man. But I'm gonna get into that in a little second, but uh, Chris, go ahead, man. What's some things that point out to you within this genealogy of uh, Matthew chapter one? Well, obviously, it's coming out the gate, just sticking with Matthew's theme and his reason for his writing is to prove that Jesus is the rightful king, the rightful king of the Jews. And he's doing that through this genealogy by showing like he belo- like he's earned the right to be the king based off his lineage. Um, and so like. It's funny that, uh, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it picks out David and Abraham. Uh, the first thing is because David had the promise that his son, 
would always sit on the throne. Absolutely. When you look at uh, the C. Well, first of all, Nathan came to him. If you want to go to Nathan, I said Nathan. Second <laughs> Samuel chapter seven. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nathan made a promise, or Nathan delivered a promise from God to uh, mm. King David. What uh, what verse you want? Uh, we start with verse 12, chapter 7, verse 12. All right. There we go. Fashion. And it says, uh, I read it off your screen. Mm -hmm. um, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, when you die, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish, I will establish his kingdom. We'll keep reading of verse 16. It says, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the oh, throne shoot. of his kingdom forever. My fault, bro. You're good. Hold on. What is it, second? I want to mess around. I went to first. My bad. Second Samuel 7. There we go. Go ahead, bro. My bad. And he says, uh, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the king. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Uh, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Hmm. wonder who that hmm. could be. Mm. When he mm. commits iniquity, I will dis discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As I took from Saul, whom I put away from you and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. And yeah. so there's the promise that God made to David that he will forever have a king sitting on a throne. Yeah. Um, if I mean, I guess I can point out um, that obviously there's greater fulfillment. Like we were just joking mm -hmm. about, you know what I'm saying? The greater Nathan, but you know, <laughs> Jesus is the greater David. Jesus is the Absolutely. greater Solomon. All of the sons that came after uh, David and sat on the, uh, the, the throne. Uh, I find it interesting because uh, in verse 13 mm -hmm. or no, verse 14, it says, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. Mm -hmm. Look, when he commits iniquity, I will mm -hmm. discipline him with the rod of men. So we know David had some sons who didn't always obey, you know, absolutely. And but 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 even still, like people be like, well, this can't be talking about Jesus because I thought Jesus was perfect. Well, well, it's, it's interesting because what did Jesus come and do? Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though the Bible, the Bible says like he knew no sin, what did he That's do? Right. He became sin for us. So uh, he mm -hmm. took on the punishment as if he were the one who committed the sins. Mm -hmm. He took our mm -hmm. punishment. So therefore, the verse is still intact. The prophecy mm -hmm. is still intact even there. Mm -hmm. um, go ahead. Let me ask you this, not to shift gears, but would you say too that this could be a not to I'm not trying to shift gears, I promise I'm not. But uh even with this with verse 14, that that could be a uh <laughs> that that could be a dual fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah, that that's, right. I, that's the point I was trying to make. I guess I didn't okay. make it clear enough. Yeah, you know, you're good. like because David had his sons who were disobedient, who, you know what I'm saying, were on the throne and God chastised them and they, you know what I'm saying, received punishment, but ultimately the greater David, the greater Solomon, the greater uh Absalom, you know, they they mm -hmm. he he was the one who Jesus was the one who, you know, I'm saying fulfilled this prophecy ultimately. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree, brother. I totally agree. Um, anything else, man? You want to add with that? Not there. I mean, I guess we cool there, and then obviously, well, without spending a whole lot of time, uh, mm -hmm. the son of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Uh again, there was a promise. Mm -hmm. made to Abraham that he shall, you know what I'm saying, have a seed that will, uh, and, and in him, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis 12, right? Genesis 12, mm -hmm. Genesis uh, 15, you know what I'm saying? This is repeatedly uh, given to uh, Abraham as a promise. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, again, this is Matthew purposing to make it known that the one who, the, the because the Jews were familiar with these promises. Oh, absolutely. They were familiar absolutely. with these promises. And so Matthew is endeavoring to say, this is the one who fulfills all of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then we get into, you know what I'm saying, the genealogy. You got anything you want to throw in there 
Yeah, um, it just kind of goes back to what you were talking about, what Walsh talked about in the comments um, with the son of Abraham. I think this is very important as Jesus is the son of David. He comes to that lineage where now he is the rightful heir uh, to Israel's throne, that everlasting kingdom. Right. Uh, Jesus being the son of Abraham, he's the one who reconciles the whole entire world. He reconciles the Gentiles and the Jews mm -hmm. uh, to 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 the father right to god and i think we can't uh miss this it's easy you know when you're reading genealogies to see like oh, all these names but man some of this stuff not some of all of us important but when you see phrases like for matthew to come out the gate and say the son of david mm -hmm. the son of abraham mm -hmm. right there he's showing you jesus has preeminence mm -hmm. over every body mm -hmm. okay um and I believe it, you know, what Paul talks about in the book of Galatians, um, where he talks about, you know, to truly be, an, and I'm paraphrasing, to truly be a child of Abraham, to do that, spiritually speaking, is to have faith in Christ Jesus, right? To be a part of that, 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 uh, that Genesis 12, you mm -hmm. have to have faith in Christ mm -hmm. because apart from that, yeah, you could be, uh, this was Jesus whole thing in what John chapter eight, I believe it was mm -hmm. when he said, look, I know who your father is. You're not like, no, Abraham is your father. I know that for a fact. He said, but you are like your father, the devil, mm -hmm. John chapter one, verses 12 through 14. I believe it is also mm -hmm. where, uh, Jesus is like, it's not, it's not by the will of what, by the will of man. Yeah nor by blood, right? but by the will of God, right? Yeah. He came to his and his uh, own rejected him and received him not. So this whole thing, we see where Jesus is, uh, he's the Messiah, he's the ruler, He's uh, he comes to the lineage of David and that he's going to be, he's going to sit on that throne forever, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to do something that David couldn't do. He's going to do something that Solomon couldn't, couldn't do. He's going to be faithful in mm -hmm. every aspect and his kingdom is going to be everlasting. But then also he's the son of Abraham where Abraham, I mean, I think we all know this. Abraham wasn't, wasn't a Jew, right? He wasn't an Israelite, right? <laughs> go, go ahead. And I know that's whole other thing. Read, go in and read Romans chapter four, but Jesus is the one who reconciles the whole entire world, right? And this is what uh, Matthew is trying to get to the reader of in his day, but also in our time as well, that no, Jesus is the one who fulfills scripture, but he's the ruler of the Jews, but also the Gentiles, those who have faith in him. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's real important. And, you know, but for, and, and I can get into this in a little bit. Well, you know, I, I'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, no, that's real good. I just think, um, the whole purpose of, like you said, it was to bless all of the families on the earth. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Matthew doing a good job of pointing pointing out the fact that the king of the Jews is still, you know what I'm saying, of the seed of Abraham, whose job is to, you know what I'm saying, bless all of the families of the earth. Mm -hmm. um, and then verse two, obviously, we're we familiar with, you know what I'm saying, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and those guys. Obviously, we know that they are of the genealogy of abraham so verse two mm -hmm. abraham was the father of isaac isaac the father of jacob and jacob the father of judah and his brothers mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It, it, it goes to judah mm -hmm. even though if i'm not mistaken judah wasn't the oldest mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. judah was the chosen seed you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. he was the one and, 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 and what do we see i mean without going too far ahead uh, where, where does Christ come from? The the the, the line of Judah. He's, oh, yeah. he's a lion from the tribe of Judah. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. It's, I think it's it's uh, dope that they pointed out Judah out of the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it goes on to say Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's and that's and that's key. You know, Tamar Tamar is not an Israelite woman. This is a Canaanite woman. Mm -hmm. Read Genesis 38. Mm -hmm. That's that's once again, this goes back to for for Matthew to put uh, emphasis and he's listing names. But, you know, if you're not careful, you will miss it. Uh -huh. This is an emphasis. He it, if we have a lot of common day thinking today, um, you know, Matthew should have just left out uh, Tamar, Ruth and Rahab in Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for him to include them in it. Mm -hmm. 
in, in highlighting that Jesus is the son of Abraham, what is he doing? He's showing that it is God's, it's always been God's will from the very beginning that all nations may inherit salvation if they believe on him. Fire. And, and then not only that, mm -hmm. but, you know, we see that most genealogies, you know what I'm saying, they don't include women. Mm -hmm. uh, That's good. Some some genealogies do, but, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, this one is, is unique and distinct in the fact that it's naming the women you know what I'm saying, and 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 it's for a reason mm -hmm. because you know it, it's showing that, for, like like I said, even with uh, Judah, Judah had other children. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying, but you know he had to come from the the Jesus came from Perez, which was from mm -hmm. uh, harlotry performed by Tamar. Mm. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, and then Perez fathered Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, mm. and Ram the father of Amminadab. Amminadab. Hey, there you go, there you go. Yeah, speaking them tongues, speaking them tongues, brother. Right, go ahead. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, and the, the, I, while it's funny, I use this to talk about the fact that you know usually when we see these genealogies in the Bible, it's like, oh man, let me go to sleep, bro. And it's like it almost seemed like it's pointless. But just like this one here, like he's actually conveying something to you. And and the interesting thing about genealogies is like, I think you're going to definitely like this point. But mm -hmm. the genealogies, they serve the purpose in which, you know, what I'm yes. saying people were able to, you know, what I'm saying it, it, it allowed you to lay claim to certain things like, mm -hmm. you know, here. Right, like in our current day, like we got genealogies, we may or may not be able to trace our family lineage to whatever back to slavery or to you know whatever, however mm. far back we go, mm. um, and we don't really, but it, it doesn't really mean much mm -hmm. in our case. But mm. for them, you know, what I'm saying it, it determined whether they were able to inherit certain land, whether they were yes. able to, uh, you know, what I'm saying operate in certain uh, roles. Oh man, Ezra two sixty two. There you go. Um, I knew you was going. I knew you was. Going. Yeah, that's one of my favorite joints, man. That Ezra two sixty two. That Nehemiah. Yeah, that Nehemiah seven. Like you know, you just couldn't say like, oh, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a high priest. You know, I'm a uh -huh. tribe of Levi, or uh -huh. I'm this and that. Like, no, you have to have that paperwork. Yeah. Even after after they came um, out of captivity, right? Even when uh, was yep. it, uh, Cyrus made that decree. Mm -hmm. They they had the paperwork to show, so um, and I think it kind of came through lying too, saying that they was a uh, the priestly line. Yeah, the yeah, because if they couldn't, and I would tell anybody read Ezra, read, uh, read Ezra chapter two. Yeah. Um, if you couldn't provide that, then you were cut off from the high priesthood. Okay, from the priesthood, excuse me, but then also you were deemed to be unclean mm -hmm. as well until um they would have had to sort those things out so this was a big thing and you know that's a while studying this this was a fun fact that i found out is that the temple records uh preserve priestly genealogies mm -hmm. right and families interested in their lineage may have preserved records of their own ancestry so once again this is important and jesus being the, being the true high priest right i think it's just interesting that um we have this lengthy and rich genealogy of christ jesus but yeah. go ahead chris i i, I interrupted you no nope, no nope, that's good I, I wanted you to do that i knew you was gonna do it that's, that's <laughs> I'm saying sovereign out here but uh <laughs> orchestrating out here but Shout uh, out no. to, uh jim green in the chat and uh amilton i believe it is go ahead i'm sorry brother yeah you're good yeah so it's just like Picking up at verse four, and Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon, or I'm I'm gonna say Salmon because I'm pretty sure there's a Salmon. I mean, you never know how they, right. you know. Check the we gonna check the Greek. I know you. <laughs> so, you know, go ahead. And Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz by Rahab, mm. Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth. Oh, well, no, well now hold on, this is important too. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because once again. Rahab is not an Israelite woman. She's not an Israelite woman. This is a Canaanite 
woman. Read Joshua chapter 2. Ruth. This is a Moabite woman. This is not a <laughs> a nay, you silly man. Um, you know, Ruth was a Moabite woman. This is not an Israelite woman. And this is just the first what first five verses. Mm -hmm. And in Matthew is hitting you with all of this heat, like he's giving you the rich lineage of Israel, you know, patriarchs, right? But then he's giving you what Tamar, yeah. yeah. You know, Rahab, prostitution, right? Yeah. A Moabite woman, right? Uh, enemy uh, from a nation that was enemies of Israel. Uh -huh. But then she leaves her people and uh, she she goes to with, uh, with uh, what is it, a Boaz, right? And then we see, we see that she says, hey, look, I, I look at Yahweh as my God. Mm -hmm. And this is not just, he's not just going to be my God, but my his people are going to become my people. This is important stuff, man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, flesh that out. Give me, give me, give me, give me one reason why that's important, and 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 who do that go at? What what is that? What is that refute there? I mean, it just refutes the whole idea. I'll give you a scripture real quick. I, I kid you not. I'm not even trying to get into it like that. I'm just <laughs> using this because you asked. I'm just <laughs> using this as an example. Is it 83? I think it's 83. All right, check this out. I'm gonna let you read some of this since you know you got them names on deck tonight, my brother. Oh man, I gotta put my glasses on. Check, you know what? We're gonna start. We're going, I'm not even trying to be like that tonight. Go ahead, bro. All right, it says they, they say. Come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they conspire with one accord against you. They make a covenant. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites. Now check this out. Now some of you may be like, why are you even reading this? <laughs> it's actually important because these were to be known as enemies of Israel. But if you see in the Bible, what is it? Moab. This is where Ruth come from, Moabites, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Moabites. Yep. But God is willing to redeem people, okay, who is not of his covenant people, Israel, if they repent, right, and follow Yahweh. So even in the new covenant aspect, new covenant language, if they repent and follow Jesus, right, they can inherit salvation. And then you look here with Edom. I'm not even trying to get into it tonight, but you look at scriptures like Deuteronomy 23 and 7, right? Do not abhor or not detest an Edomite because that's your brother or the Egyptian, right? Because you two were a foreigner in his country. Um, also, then you go with Job. Job, I mean, historically speaking, was an Edomite. Okay. But then you look at how Paul's response in Acts chapter 26 right, with uh, King Agrippa. He said, Paul, are you trying to convince me to be a Christian? A Christian? He said, yes, in without these chains. Right. So mm -hmm. you see, so you see people from these nations, right? You see people who are from the these nations that were enemies, historically speaking, of Israel. But if they come in repentance and believe on the God of Israel, but not just the God of Israel, but the God of the Jews and the Gentiles, they can inherit salvation. Yeah. That's the gospel. That's the right. guy for sure. Yep. Go ahead, my brother. I'm sorry. Yep. So we just get back to the genealogy and then we, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let me go back to uh, chapter one. And also, man, get low, gosh, y'all. Just go mm -hmm. ahead and get y'all. We, we spend money on everything else. Spend our money on low, guys. I think that bless bless all of us. Go ahead, my brother, Chris. Yep. Um, Verse five or verse six. Uh, And Jesse, or did we skip? No, you can read five. I'll say read five and six again. All right. And Simon, the father of Boaz, and by Rahab and Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, who? The king, right? Mm. So, uh, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. This is <laughs> bad. This would be Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. And the woman typically 
historically in this time, she would take on the uh, what is it, the ancestry or the descent, if I'm saying it right, of her husband. Okay, so it says the wife of Uriah, so Bathsheba would have been a Hittite woman. Mm-hmm. So this is not an Israelite woman. Go ahead, continue, my brother. I know we got a lot of you know a lot of these, but I don't know if we're gonna go through all of them. But I think that's that's the notion we see. God I, is. Go ahead. I say I don't I don't want to go too far on the rabbit hole, but you yeah. know what I'm saying the, the the lineage or the lineage. There we go. The, 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 go. the right, the right or the legal right to something always came through the father's name. So there we can go. have foreign women. But you know what I'm saying they would, you know, if, if if the father was a Jew or whatever the father was, that's what the you know what I'm saying the, the the seed or the offspring would be considered. Um, Absolutely. Which is why um when it came to uh uh Timothy, you know what I'm saying, he mm-hmm. had the uh his father was Greek. Yes. And so uh they you know what I'm saying they were, they didn't want to consider him uh a a, a gen- or they didn't want to consider him a Jew. Yep. A Orthodox mercy, you got a you got a great point. You even have Rahab in the lineage with Boaz. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. And then so, and Solomon fathered uh and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Ab- Abijah, Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph right. the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Jerum, Joram, and Jerom the father of Uzziah. Mm-hmm. Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of the father of Amos, and Amos mm-hmm. the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, his, and his brothers, at the mm-hmm. time of the deportation to Babylon. Yeah, man, I you know that's why I gave you the hard work, brother. I, listen, man. I, no, I, I, I like it though when it when it pauses <laughs> like that because he, you know, what I'm saying he's. Giving you a detailed explanation of who, when, and you know, what I'm saying what was going on at that time, and and notice they still got them papers. Got they them still, papers, they still, they still able to track and figure out who's who, even in the deportation, mm. which is what we were just talking about when they came back in uh, Ezra mm. two. Like you had mm. to be able to verify who you was, man. You had to be able to, yeah, you know, lay claim to who you were. Um, even uh, pointing out. Just jumping ahead in Matthew a little bit. You don't have to go to it tonight because we're mm-hmm. gonna end up doing it. Pause in the uh, in the next week, mm-hmm. where uh, you know Joseph, Joseph had to go and you know what I'm saying register his family, and mm-hmm. they, were, you know, what I'm saying the Bible says they registered according to, you know, what I'm saying the tribe that they were a part of. Mm-hmm. It, we're getting mm-hmm. that in chapter two too. But um, I mean, again, this is how they kept track. Yeah, absolutely. So I find it funny that people today who claim to be the Jews, ah, they have no. Uh, yeah, we don't, you know, because I, I think you you told me this not too long ago. I mean, it's I not about. Yeah, you know, go. they never they never tested by blood. You know what I'm saying? That's so, right. That's so right. Trying to say like, oh, we because we black, we the Jews, or because oh. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it was always record. You had to have them paper. Yeah, and even if you got them, and guess what, man? Even if you got the papers, biblically speaking. Oh, come on. If you don't have faith in Christ, yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. It don't matter. And shout out to, you know, if, if you got papers, you don't got papers, man. Do you have faith in Christ? Yeah. The but but at least if you got the papers, you can actually make an actual claim to your lineage. This is true. You know what I'm saying? Let's start there. I mean, uh, not that it matters ultimately. You know, absolutely. I, we always begin with the premise that you could be, you know, God's gonna raise up Jews out of the rocks. It don't it don't make you it don't make you, you know what I'm saying, any more, you know what I'm saying, connected to God than somebody who's not a Jew. If you don't have faith or if you're not part of the uh the uncircumcision of Abraham, then you're absolutely. Not, you know what I'm saying you're not of faith. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump down yeah. to verse 17. Um, it says, so all the generations from Abraham to David were for. And by the way, you guys read. Go ahead. Read these genealogies, man. I, I think you'll find a lot of great stuff in it. Um, verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. 
and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations and from the deportation to Babylon and to the and to the Christ, 14 generations, though, that is 42 generations from Abraham to Jesus. OK, so we get it from Abraham to David, David to Babylon after Babylon to Christ. And so this is how uh, the genealogy would work. We see here in Matthew chapter one. And I know next week or the week after uh, going to get into the, the heavy stuff right mm -hmm. here. Starting at verse uh, 18 on down. We're not going to get into it tonight because uh, it's a lot. of. I mean, we come. I mean, Matthew comes out the gate mm -hmm. with a lot of this stuff, man. Like, but, but but even before that, though, even even inside, still wrapping up the genealogy, like the, yeah. if you want to just go to the last verse. Yeah. Uh, Joseph. Yeah. OK. And Jacob had been the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born. Now, if you notice, mm -hmm. all of the genealogies above that pointed to. And this guy was the father of this guy, and this guy mm. was the father of this guy, and this guy, you know. But mm. it don't say that here. I mean, mm. the interesting thing is why? Mm. Because oh. Joseph wasn't yeah. Jesus's bloodline father. Exactly. But exactly. I mean, obviously, this um, this 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 uh, ancestry is mm. descending from you know Joseph's bloodline. Mm -hmm. And we know that obviously because it gets to Joseph and then yeah. and then it goes to, you know, what I'm saying he's being the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born. Jesus had Mary's blood. He didn't have Joseph's blood. Yeah. So yeah. but you know, what I'm saying I think I mentioned it earlier um, but by, by adoption. There you go. You know, what I'm saying you become part of someone's family. So even legally, mm -hmm. Jesus lays claim to the. To the to the king lineage because Absolutely. He, he's legally joseph's son even though we know uh he conceived of the virgin birth mm -hmm. he's not bloodline joseph's son he's bloodline mary's mm -hmm. and i think that you know so when, when we get to the book of luke we're gonna actually point that out too in her uh genealogy you know what I'm saying? hers yeah. she's still uh her genealogy still points to david too yeah so he's yeah. He by blood, you know what I'm saying? He's still mm -hmm. he's still mm -hmm. David's son. But Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? In order to sit on the throne, you have to be legally the son of David. You know, so uh, the Bible yeah. is good. God is so good in how he preserved his word and how he set this thing up that no matter mm -hmm. which way you slice it up, mm -hmm. it's the criteria. And you can't get away from it. Um you just can't get away from this stuff, man. You just yeah. can't. Let me uh stop my screen. Um, yeah, man. It's just uh, you know, you can't get away from this stuff. It's important, it's clear. I think genealogy, uh, biblically speaking, is important. Uh, because you know, you get a lot of these uh heresies and all that type of stuff because people butcher uh the genealogy of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, I think next week get into the virgin birth. Um, not the immaculate conception. Good point. These are two different things. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I just think this stuff is important to really talk about. Uh, Wash, uh, and yet by the grace of God, Ruth became the wife of Boaz, whose son was Obed, whose son was Jesse, whose son was King David, and so, uh, and so God brought Ruth the Moabitess into the line. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just good stuff, man. Just good stuff. Um, grace and peace. Uh, Pastor Leon, my brother, grace and peace. And so, yeah, man, it's just uh, I'm, I'm glad we kind of dealing with this verse by verse. I'm committed to it. Um, hopefully we can get to it. Uh, if it's not every week, it'll be every other week. All right, y'all. You know, we still got lives out here like everybody else. Really? Um, but uh, I, I just I'm excited to dive into this. It's probably going to take us. It's going to take us a minute. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be cool. We have some special guests on. Uh, I think we're going to have my man's uh, Minister Mallory come on uh, uh, our next show. And I'll uh, probably have my man's Walsh in, in, uh, in the building. Uh, what is Orthodox? You right again, man. You uh, what, what do you say? The line of Judah was, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's my whole thing. 
more like you are so right like the line of judah alone is a mixed multitude itself jesus's uh genealogy is mixed with all different type of people okay and i think i want to highlight this too out of everything we talked about tonight his his genealogy is mixed with people who failed god in so mm -hmm. many different ways mm -hmm. who have sinned in so many different ways but it's still by i mean think about it, man can you imagine if you're rahab right who was a canaanite prostitute and but to know that your name is in the in the scriptures mm -hmm. your name is so as soon as we open up the new testament you're you're part of the redemptive line of jesus you're you're part of the king kingdom lineage of jesus christ the king of the jews absolutely that's, that's insane brother and, and so in the same way maybe I'm, I'm getting my tbn on if i touch the screen real quick you know um but in the same way you know all of us all of us have sinned right all mm -hmm. you know we all fit that romans 323 you know for all have sinned and have, have fallen short of the glory of god all of us have but it's through the redemptive work of christ who redeems us and reconciles us back to God. Yes, sir. And that our names be written in the Lamb's book of life. Our names gonna be written in the book too. Um, let's see. There's only there is only three manner of people: the Gentile, the there you go. That's it. That's it. And guess what? If you a Gentile and you don't believe on Christ, unfortunately, you want to inherit the kingdom of God. If you a Jew and you reject jesus christ guess what you won't inherit the kingdom of god that's it the jew and the gentile god the our god is the god of the jew and the gentile and if you believe on christ jesus you can call yourself you even if you don't want to call yourself a christian you follow christ and the teachings of christ yeah you're a christian okay. i think i think the one thing like if if i can leave you know what i'm saying somebody with this you know what i'm saying i you know we we dug into some some of the stuff that people don't like and you know it could get boring we know the genealogies could get boring but if if i could leave you with this one thing man just understand the whole point of it is to prove that jesus is the king of the jews absolutely absolutely hey right. hold on chris sound better you hear that yeah you're good it ain't bad. Yeah, it just sounds a little weird. Go ahead, my brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, we we gonna um, we gonna keep this going in terms of going through the uh, the book of Matthew. You know, some verses are gonna you know what I'm saying take you know we are gonna be able to go through some verses faster than others. Some verses are gonna take a little time because it's certain things that 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 we want to bring out or that need to be pointed out in those verses. But we just want to go through the Bible, man. We want to help people try and understand it to a point where you know, you know, salvation and understanding can be reached. I think the scriptures, Second Timothy chapter uh, uh, three, verse fifteen, talks about how you know what I'm saying it, it is the scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. And so that's the aim, man. That's the aim, that, and then also to you know what I'm saying bring all of us into the stature of Christ, so that we become one body, one understanding, not tossed to and from by every wind of doctrine. That's our goal. That's our mission. That's it, man. Uh, I don't know much. Um, don't don't let nobody fool you. I'm. It's all smoking mirrors over here. Really? <laughs> it's all smoking mirrors. I'm learning every day, y'all. Uh, you know, Orthodox more <laughs> with the Ethiopian, but hey, I'm literally was just literally was just studying that last week. Um, so you know, we always learn. You know what I'm saying? And um. You know, well, we want people to grow in our knowledge of Christ, but we also want the unbelievers to come into the knowledge to the knowledge of Christ. And uh, this is why we do this stuff late at night. And so, Chris, you got any final words before we head on out? Nah, man, get y'all some sleep, man, and and uh, keep tuning in, man. Keep working with us, man. Keep keep rocking with us. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, we're gonna keep going through the Bible, and uh, it's just me along with the goat. There's Ingram. Hey man, I try my best out here, man. I'm trying my best, and uh, you gotta work hard. <laughs> it's just evident. 
it's all good man it's all good well hey man i will have some music my thing acting funny but nevertheless i love each and every one of you guys whether you're a believer in christ or you're not whether you uh yes dr bantu has a good video on it absolutely i got a orthodox i think um because you just interviewed him uh not too long ago i think i gotta gotta watch that video man yeah i gotta watch that video i'm gonna check it out tomorrow um but man peace and blessings to y'all man i love y'all whether you believe in christ or you don't whether you're in between man i love you greatly and uh man i see y'all next time man and once again christ for the culture or christ is king no matter the time or the culture god bless y'all love y'all peace